Dear Diary, today I take the next step, the next step in being an ADHD life coach at Indigo Hub. I can't believe it's happening. I want to build, create and discover a place for us to truly be ourselves. I think this journey will be... Dear Diary, welcome world to the Indigo Diaries and welcome to Series 3, The World Through Our Eyes with your host, me, Tasha Hicklin. The Indigo Diaries is a podcast for those who want to learn about ADHD through others and our own experiences. So I'm really, really excited to be back. It's been a while and um, I've just had a lot going on in my own life. My partner came back from Malaysia. I had took some time off for myself and uh, travelled around the UK and... I've had a lot of stuff going on, you know, with someone coming back, a lot of transitions. And actually, that's what we're talking about today. That wasn't meant to ease into today, but it did. But I really just wanted to take a minute to just say that I've really missed this. I am a big verbal processor. So the podcast for me was so important. When I first started it, the reason why I started it was because I didn't really hear about people's stories with ADHD. And as I've got into professional life with ADHD, with being an ADHD life coach, I just want to bring different sort of things to people that are, you know, different professionals coming and talking about different topics, but also something you can leave with. And that's massive for me. So something you can leave with that can take you into your own life. And whether that's thoughts, perspective, taking a moment, anything it is, that's why I'm really big about in this podcast. So I'm really happy to be back with an open mind session, which are actually my favorite sessions. So the open mind session for people that might have not heard this before is uh, we discuss a topic of interest and have reflections and awareness questions so that you can go and leave with something. And this topic today really hits home for me with everything that's been going on in my own life, which is about transition and starting new. And also it's the new term. People are going back to school, going back to uni, going back to a new job. There's lots of things going on. And as we go into a new year, there is so much uncertainty in the world, especially in our world with ADHD. What's next? The dread of going back, expectations, pressure, people, all these things that go on that neurotypical struggle with. But when you've got ADHD, it's that heightened struggle that this is a lot to go through. Your executive functions are having to go through so much. Whether you're a teenager or an adult, People with ADHD really struggle with change and adaptability. And that comes in with transitions. It can be very daunting of what's to come. And it really takes a lot of executive functions, which I said. People that may not know what executive functions are, executive functions are the cognitive circuits in your brain that helps you get things done, helps you plan, helps you organize, helps your memory, helps your emotions helps you regulate and helps your self-awareness and imagine it I always imagine it as like someone playing a computer game a video game in your mind someone is clicking all the different parts of the button but our person is a bit sleepy or you might say a bit not really engaged in the game so he he's finding it really hard to control all the different parts which means that when there's loads of different ones to play that's when we get really overwhelmed or there's lots of things to do or we kind of we put everything into one field. There's just a lot of areas and it's like we're trying to juggle all these different parts of the game 
And that one person is finding it really difficult to do that. And that's what happens in our executive functions. And when we're talking about transitions, it comes up especially with future thinking and time horizons when we think about what's ahead. A lot of people with ADHD think now, right? Now or never, or now or not now. We're very much in the present, right? We deal with what's here. So when you finish school or you finish work, you think, oh, yes, I've got eight weeks. I've got eight weeks. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got time off, right? And then the next minute, it's one day before you go back. And then it's like, oh, my days, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do that. I need to do that. But in that eight weeks, those thoughts don't usually occur because we think we have so much time because we don't feel that sense and concept of time passing. So we get to the end and we're like, oh, no, we need to rush. And then that's when that urgency comes in, which we are great at. We think in important, in urgency, people with neurotypical think in importance. So when they go into the eight weeks, they might start planning what, what needs to be done. Da, da, da. We just like go, whoa. And then when it gets to the end of the eight weeks, we're like, oh, no, what do we need to do? Ah, ah, ah. And then it all comes rushing down into that one night. It's urgency. That dopamine kicks in on that last night because we can feel it. But during that eight weeks, we can't feel it. We can't feel that that time. Because of the working memory, we don't think ahead of the time to the future thinking. And that is what we struggle with when it comes to that. Because change almost comes up like that. And I did just click. Change comes in so quickly that we feel almost unprepared for it. And it can really, really, really impact us so much. And transitions are hard, right? Uncertainty. We like to know what's going on, what we need, da, 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 da. Because when we know, and when it's easy, when the path is easy, our executive functions don't have to guess, don't have to work around. We know the process and it's easier for it to go. But let's say you're running a race and you've not prepared. And you turn up and you have no idea. I've got to run this race. Where have I got to do it? How have I got to pace it? Do this. Da, da, da. It becomes overwhelming. And that's what our brains do. You get to that night before and we go, uh-oh, it's tomorrow. I haven't done this. Oh, no, I haven't done that. I haven't noticed. I haven't done that. And then that dread feeling. I don't know what to expect. I don't feel prepared. I wasn't prepared. Why didn't I prepare? What's going on? Out of that. And then all these feelings bring up this emotional response. And we start to panic. And it can be really hard when we're having that transition because we're not prepared, we're dreading it. And sometimes it snuck up on us and we don't know what to expect. And that's where I was talking about that time horizon where time goes really fast, but also the ability to look ahead of time, to be able to visualize it, the visual working memory, to be able to visualize what's next can be quite hard for us especially when we might have not got the best memories from change in the past so there's a lot going on I mean that's like 20 different things that might be going on in a transition can you imagine for an individual with ADHD how much that is to cope with looking at the the thing passing the time the urgency the panic the dread the change, the past, that's a lot to deal with. So what can we do to prepare? I would love to say, right, you finished school, start preparing. Let's be honest. 
that's probably not going to work. The first thing is compassion. Sit with yourself. It's okay to dread that feeling. It's okay of not knowing what to expect. It's okay to feel shameful that you left it to the last night. It's okay. This is the way your brain works. And it's okay. Don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt. It's okay. The question is, what can we do now? Yeah, we could have prepared eight weeks ago. We could have prepared a week ago. We could have prepared yesterday, but we didn't. And looking into that past, it's not going to help what's going to happen now. What we can do now is to prepare the best we can for what we do have. And that first is just sit with yourself and give yourself compassion that it's okay to feel dread for the change, to feel dread for the unknown, to not know what to expect, to not be able to see it. It's okay. And after the break, we're going to kind of go through the change process of what happens and then how to best prepare for change, whether it's the night before or whether it's three weeks before, whatever it is, how we can go through that change process so that we can be as prepared and it be as pleasant as possible. And we're out. If you would like any more information on Indigo Hub or our Indigo support group, then please check out our website below or our link to our social media platforms or email at indigohub.adhd at gmail.com. If you would like to offer any comments, feedback, get support, or if you're interested in the world hearing your story, then please reach out through any of our avenues. As said before, have a positive week. Check in again later. And we're out. And we're back. And before the break, we were talking about kind of change. And I realized that when I was speaking, I actually probably took like a lot of stuff at you. But the basis of what I was saying was that with the executive functions, there are so many elements that come into change. Um, whether it's about the future thinking, the time horizons, leaving things till the last minute, the urgency versus importance. There are lots of things that happen. And it, lots of things that can happen to different people. But the basis of it is, is giving yourself compassion wherever you are in that change process, wherever you are in that, oh, t- is, it, is it tomorrow? Is it next week? The first step is really to sit with that and give ourselves compassion. Because without that, we're not going to have that clear mind to take that step. And I like to I like to use models or things that I find because I think it's a nice way to explain it. Basically, I think I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but the change process. What do we go through when there is a change or a transition or something new that's about to happen? So the stages of change are step one is pre-contemplation. Pre-contemplation is where you've not really thought about it. It's kind of like, no, it's there. No, I'm not going to do it. You kind of, you're not ready to kind of face the music or look ahead. It's kind of, you know, it's there, you know, it's coming, 
but you've not really contemplated, you've not really thought about it, you've not really stepped into that space. So that's where you kind of put it to the back of your mind. So this might be the start of the summer. Stage two is contemplation. When you start thinking about it, oh, I know I've got this coming up. Okay, well, you know, I've got this coming up. That's when you're ready to kind of take that next step and really kind of come. Whether that's a week before, the night before, halfway through the summer, oh, yeah, I'm going to start in three weeks. I'm starting to contemplate it. That's that space where you really start to think about the change. You might not step into that preparing or getting going, but you really start to face it. You're not putting it in the back of your mind anymore. You're not trying to avoid it. It's there. Stage three is preparation and determination. This is where you start preparing it. Okay, I've got this change. What's it going to look like? I I know I've got this. I'm not going to dread it anymore. This is what it's going to be like. Blah, 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 blah. So that might be the week before. Right, you start preparing for it. You might start buying things, or you might start, you know, clearing your head and going, "This is what it's going to look like." I'm going to do this. Stage four is action. That's when you start taking action towards a change, whether that's you know getting your books ready or processing with your parents about what it's going to be like, going through your timetable, all that sort of things. Stage five is the maintenance. When you're actually in the change, how do you keep that up? How do you keep that change going? You know, when you're back at school, how do you then keep that change? How do you go from being in the summer to being at school and you keep the process and that change up? So I'm going to give you my five steps to kind of dealing with a transition using very similar things, but more of an ADHD field, whether that's going back to school, new job, new person and things like this. And this is what I did because when my partner came back or when I came back to the UK, it wasn't easy. It was a transition to, I'm coming back to the UK where I'd not been for six years or my partner came back and I've been used to living by myself for seven months. It's all a transition. It's all a change. Step one and two, I kind of come in together. It's where we're thinking about it, but almost not ready yet to take that step. I think that comes with compassion, looking at our future self and what it could look like. So I invite you to take this step one. I want you to think about the change that you've got. Sit with yourself. Say to yourself, it's okay. Put your hand on your heart, put your hands in the air, whatever it is. Put your favorite song on that pumps you up. It's okay to dread it it's okay to struggle with change it's okay then I want you to think about what could it look like this change this next day this next week what could it look like not what should it look like not will it look like not want it look like what could it look like think about your future self where are you going to be in a week's time or in that change where are you going to be And if you want to talk it, write it, draw it, whatever you do. I like drawing. I like doing mind maps. That's who I am. What is that going to look like? So you've sat with yourself. It's okay. You calm your nervous system. Now, what does does it look like? And another thing is what could the end look like? When you're actually in the change, what would that look like? 
Step three, where we're preparing. I want you to think, plan about that end. You've, you've, you've got that vision of what it could look like. Now, go backwards, right? Let's say we're starting a new job or starting school. This is what it's going to look like. I'm going to be at school. I'm going to have all my stuff. I'm going to know where each class is. I'm going to go to my timetable. I'm going to go to school, come home. Right, what do I need to do to prepare for that? Well, the first thing, I need my timetable. Then I need to prepare my books. Then I got that. We call that the end in sight. We look at the end, the end product, and we work backwards. Rather than looking at the first step and going forward, we go to the back and backwards. Because that can actually help you. Because when we're looking forward, well, I don't know what the first step is. Because you, we're not using that visual working memory to look ahead and then plan backwards. Because if we don't know what the future is going to look like, how on earth do we know what the first step is? So look at what, where you're going to be, your vision, and then what are the steps going backwards to get to that vision? Number four, start working forward, little by little. Start putting those little changes in place. You don't need to do all, let's say, the seven steps to your change. You don't need to do all of them at once. Do one. Get your books ready. Look on your eat school email. Prepare your books. Get your timetable. Boom, boom, boom. Little by little, piece by piece. And then stage five, when you're in that, when you start going through that change, right? There are going to be changes. It's not going to look like your plan because life happens, right? Go in knowing that there will be changes. There will be things that will come up. And guess what? We just do the same. We have comp compassion. We look ahead. What's different? What's going to be different now with this new change? Then plan back. Make it happen. And preparing that there will be change and there will be stuff that will come up. And there will be times when we get bored and that's okay. We just need to go through this process again to change it up. The change doesn't have to be set in stone. If we go through this and we get there and we're like, no, we don't really like this change. <laughs> right? We're not, we're not, we're not. It's not really sitting well. We can change it again because things are change. It's not a linear process, it's a circle, right? The same steps. Let's say you get to school and then all the things that you've done is not working for you, okay? So this is what I thought it was gonna look like. What does it actually look like, right? This is what I need, right? Then go through step three, plan with the end in sight, working backwards. Stage four, start to put things in place. Stage five, there's more changes, go back. Have compassion, it's okay, it's okay, this changes. Right, what does it look like now? Then go to the end in sight, work backwards, take steps to make it happen. So I always like to give an example. So when my partner came back, it was really hard. I was obviously so excited, but it was really hard. I got all these systems set up for me, right? And I was like, oh my goodness, there's somebody else. So the I just sat down and I was like, Tash, it's okay. It's okay. Like, you're really happy to see it, but it's okay to struggle with this. 
someone's coming back to your environment and you've got to find it you've got to find that niche to work together so I just sat with myself like it's okay and then I thought to myself what do I want this to look like well I want similar systems I wanted similar systems but I want it to work for the both of us so I knew that I had to adapt the systems which adaption and inflexibility flexibility is not a natural thing for me and I wrote all the different things that I thought it could look like all the different ideas then I thought to myself right in two weeks, what what is it going to look like? Then I took steps. So I thought to myself, well, I want us to work together and work these steps out. So I thought, right, well, we need to we need a system that's going to work for us with jobs. So we need to get kind of a board up of what's going to look like. But before we can do that, we need to talk about our timetables. I'm when I'm busy, when he's busy, all that sort of thing. Before that, we actually need to get our timetables and figure out time to sit down and talk about these things. And then the first one was actually to prepare all this. So then I took those steps. Four. I found out, I wrote down all my different ideas of what I wanted what I wanted us to do together, what jobs we needed to do when I was free. We made a time. We sat down, we spoke about it. Right, I'm doing this when's your timetable, blah, blah, blah. We came up with a jobs list. And my partner's very good. He was like, right, let's make a whiteboard. I need to remember. So we wrote on a whiteboard. And then we started doing it. But there were some jobs that he was doing that didn't work for me or I was doing it didn't work. So guess what we did? We went back. Okay, what's not working? What do we need it to look like? And we took the steps again. We made a time. We sat down. We talked about it. We adapted the plan. Then we maintained it. And it was a hard process. And we did that with lots of different things. But whatever the change, sometimes preparing yourself in any way you can is the best way to see it. If it's hard to visualize it, get someone else to help you. Talk about it with a friend. Draw it out. You don't have to do this alone. Transitions are hard, it's hard to face, and it can be hard to plan. But sometimes doing it step by step, day by day, can really help. And even if you're doing this the night before, looking at what it could be like, thinking about that, what it's gonna look like, working back of what you need, then taking one step at a time, can make it feel less like a huge change and more like one step. And sometimes one step's always, that's all that's needed. I hope that helps because I don't like change, but it's inevitable. And we've just got to find our way of preparing for it so that it doesn't feel so daunting. My encouragement for this week is if you change the way you look at the things, the things you look at change. Sometimes it's the way we look at the change that can be the biggest challenge. Sometimes it's not even that daunting. But because we get it in our head, it is. We usually believe that it is. So giving ourselves that compassion, taking those steps can help us change the way we look at it, which means then the things actually go quite differently. So in two weeks, we'll be dropping a new episode 
And we actually will be because now I have it in my diary. I've actually put this in my diary and I'm really, I'm really happy. And I've just posted about some new guests and we've got about three or four new guests coming on, which I'm really excited about. Um, so yeah. So if you're interested, I'm coming on as a guest, pick my brain session, have questions, dilemmas, or want to share your experience, or you'd like advice on, or you want the world to hear your story in series one, please reach out through our social media avenues or email. I'm always here. Just remember, change is hard. Give yourself compassion and time. I hope you come back, learn, listen, and experience the world through not my eyes, but ours. Why not? I hope you have one amazing week. And we're out. Dear Diary, as Indigo Hub's process goes on, it makes me stop and wonder, could there be more for us? More light, more experience, and more ways to see the world through our own eyes. I think this journey will be... Shh.